Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ashton. Today it is December 12th. It is here at 8.32 in the morning. Today we are going to be talking about the Bucks and the Lakers, how basically they are top of their divisions um, in the NBA. And then I'll talk about the Chiefs and the Patriots game, how that all unfolded and how I feel about the Chiefs moving forward. And then also talking about how the Patriots are cheaters in a way and how they got caught with the Bengals, um, recording the Bengals at their at one of the Bengals' home games uh, earlier in, in the week on this past Sunday. So I'll be talking about all of that. And let's get into the Bucks and the Lakers. Both the Bucks and the Lakers are 22-3 and three at their respected conferences. They both lead their conferences, and both are playing lights out. I didn't expect the Lakers to go on this run, I'm not going to lie. They are, they've been playing some of the best basketball. They have the defensive player of the year playing in Anthony Davis on their team, and LeBron has stepped it up defensively. Everybody has take, taken their defense up a notch. Compared to last year's defense, this is just like a it's night and day with this Lakers defense. Um, and offensively, it's coming from everywhere. Like Anthony Davis is dropping 50 points. And LeBron, he's coming up with some offense. Dwight Howard's coming up with great blocks and some offense as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, looking forward to the spring and the summer because man like if they're if they keep playing like they are now the Lakers are must watch in the playoffs they they truly are and the Bucks they have Giannis arguably the second best player on the planet right now uh, playing the game and I know that Kawhi Leonard is technically the second but Kawhi he's he's doing all right I mean he's he's still pretty good but he's I don't think he still has the best player on the planet title at the moment. I think that goes to LeBron James because LeBron, he's just owning his will. And, like, he's basically reminding us all that, hey, I'm still here. Like, don't count me out just yet. And the Lake, the Clippers' record right now is 19-7. and seven. Honestly, that is... I would expect them to be at the top of the West, like, like only lose like two or three games. Mainly the whole, I think the whole reason why they have lost so many games in the first place, which is only seven. I mean, it's still early in the season, but um, I know that they lost a few games because they were uh, resting Kawhi Leonard and they didn't have Paul George at the time. But I know that the Bucks have gone on a 16-game winning streak, and they have, they are clicking on all cylinders. It's it's like they don't even need Malcolm Brogdon, who they lost in free agency to the Pacers, and they're, they're chugging along just fine without him, and honestly, it's, it's just great to watch um, when they are out there on the court playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, I can't wait 
like if the finals come down to the Lakers and the Bucks, I I think it's must watch finals. Like because I would assume the Lakers would go on and win the finals, but I feel like Giannis would achieve elite status by hopping into the finals and getting into the finals without another superstar, per se, on his team. And just have a good collection of guys like the, the Royals had with their baseball team. They didn't have one just one superstar on their team. They kind of had a collection of good guys. But with Giannis, they, that puts them over the top. In the in the in the East, and uh, so I'm I've been really impressed. I've seen a whole lot of highlights from the Lakers and LeBron throwing alley oops and stuff, and Anthony Davis getting 50 points in a game. That was pretty pretty cool. And now I don't know about you, but this past Sunday I watched the Chiefs and the Patriots game, and that was a very dramatic game. Um, Patriots offense can't do crap. <laughs> they have no talent on that side of the ball whatsoever. They had drives go against this defense, like a punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, interception. Like, they didn't throw a second interception, but that's kind of how their offense went. It just emulated and and punts and, and, and turnovers pretty much they had a touchdown early in the first quarter and just kind of start off the game and they did a flea flicker to Edelman and Tom Brady didn't even throw the touchdown I believe one of his running backs or receivers threw it I don't remember off the top of my head but it was one of those plays, and, like, that's all that they could do offensively, and they resorted to trickery to, like, revamp this offense, to give it life, and to keep it going, and that's kind of terrible when your own quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't even keep them, keep the tempo up offensively, can't make accurate throws when he, when you need him to be, and, I remember there were, there were fourth downs when you absolutely needed an accurate pass from Tom Brady. And I remember uh, Kendall Fuller was blitzing on the fourth down and forced Tom Brady to be inaccurate. And it was, it was plays like that that I wanted to see from the Chiefs defense. Could they pull those type of plays off? And Chiefs the past four weeks have been playing at an all-time level. And honestly, I'm super, I'm like, I'm happy that the defense is playing at this level because last year's defense, you, you could count on them screwing up that game somehow, some way, and that Tom Brady would be able to pull out the victory. And it felt like Tom was almost about to pull off the victory. And if... Brashad Breland didn't get his hand out, they would have scored and potentially would have won the game. And that's assuming if if the kicker can make the extra point. And honestly, that's just like, uh, it's so like 
uh, it, like we finally, Patrick Mahomes finally got that win over Tom Brady. We can actually say that, like, if I was going to be so annoyed with the Chiefs, if if Pat Mahomes did not get a, a win over Tom Brady this season, because Lamar Jackson was able to get a win, Deshaun Watson was able to get a win, if Patrick Mahomes was not able to get a win against Tom Brady, that just, what's going on with our offense pretty much is how it, it, I would have asked it, and... Uh, Speaking of our offense, our offense did great in the first half. And let's be honest, non-existent in the second half. And that's kind of... I was hoping that that wouldn't happen because I knew that the Chiefs kind of had to keep it going offensively. To They had this game in the driver's seat. All they had to do was put up like five, like a field goal and a touchdown pretty much to seal the game because you knew the Patriots weren't going to be able to score 30. But if you only kept it to 20, that Patriots are, are like, well, we can at least match that. We're going to be able to at least get to 20. And now they only got 16. They only pulled off 16. It was 23 to 16. But that it was a, a pretty close. They almost got it. Like with if Edelman scored, they would have won. At least tied it, if anything. Um, and if they made the extra point, they were what? So I'm kind of on edge about this because it's just like it's for like the last month now. Our offense has had the ability to put teams out. They had the chance to knock out the Chargers, and they didn't. They had the chance to knock out. The Patriots, and they didn't. I'm scared that when we get down the line, and if it ha and if it keep, if we keep playing like we are on offense, and we can't put up any points in the second half, it's going to come back to bite us in the butt, and we're going to watch another a potential another playoff game at home, where we watch, where we put up 23, 24 points up in the first half, and then we score like three in the second half, and we're going to watch like a team like the Titans. Another the Titans can potentially come back again to Arrowhead and watch them again pull off another home upset, like another comeback. And that is something I'm scared. I don't want to see the Titans in the playoffs. The Titans are everything that the Chiefs hate defensively they're kind of like the Ravens and they are very efficient in running the football they will pound you to the ground they they have an excellent defense and their Ryan Tannehill never thought I'd say that name is playing at a really high level right now now I don't know how this how long that lasts it looks like it'll be a while but uh, Titans are definitely not a team I want to face in the playoffs. Not at the moment. Um, Patriots and the Chiefs game kind of, that's what I took away from that game is both offenses had the potential to get more out of the game and the defenses came up big when they needed to be. And 
I was expecting a bigger shutout from the Patriots defense, not going to lie, because I've been hearing from ESPN, uh, Fox, I've been hearing that this team has been, that it should be considered like the, the, the Bears defense and the 1985 Bears. And I believe that's correct. And honestly, like, that's kind of overkill, I would say. Like, they haven't been, like, all, all their opponents that they've shut out have been the Miami Dolphins, the Jets. I mean, all terrible teams, the Redskins. I mean, they gave up a touchdown against the Redskins, and then the Redskins can put up another point for the rest of the game. And, like, you've, the Reds, the Patriots have played one of the easiest schedules known to man in the NFL. They are in the AFC East. They are facing the NFC East, which is potentially the second worst conference, if not the worst, uh, not conference, but division. Um, Patriots are easily in the worst division. And then... They face the second worst division in all of football right now. And honestly, you look at it and you're like, this is just like golden for the, the Patriots just to be like 13 and 3, 14 and 2, 15 and 1. And honestly, like, why? Like, just they got the easiest road to clinching a play, a home playoff game. And right now, that that looks like it might not be the case because the Bills are of potential to like third nine and four, and the Patriots are ten and three. Like that was Patriots' third loss and second in a row, by the way. And the Bills have a chance if they were to the Patriots and the Bills do play again. If the Bills do beat the Patriots, um, the Bills have to win out. And if, for some reason, the Patriots lose to the Jets, I believe they play the Jets one more time. And if they were to lose to the Jets, that's just... Oh, gosh. But um, I don't see that for happening. I see... The Bills getting the wild card. Um, I just don't see the Patriots losing two more times. And uh, that's the only thing. Bills have a worse record right now. and But it's the Patriots' division to lose. Um, if they don't win that division, it will, it will go down in history as they screwed it up royally. Mainly because they had they didn't have enough firepower on the offense, and their defense wasn't as elite as we all said that they were, and it's it's problems that they've had. And now, earlier I had said that the Patriots had recorded uh, the uh, the Bengals sideline activities. Uh, well, the Patriots uh, broadcast production team was at the Bengals game, and 
don't remember. I don't know who the Bengals were playing at the time, but um, regardless, the Bengals lost. But um, the Bengals are one in twelve, and the uh, Patriots are ten and three. I wouldn't understand why that they're why they had a need to do that in the first place, unless they thought that the Bengals would pull off the upset. And I don't foresee the Bengals pulling off this upset. And if it does happen, I would literally laugh my butt off. And I think this entire situation is just laughable, mainly because why, why do you feel like you need you have the urge to go and record sideline activities from the Bengals. Are you really, do you really have that big of a feeling like you're going to blow the game? And, like, and if so, like, uh, the league office has these video recordings and now in possession, and the Patriots were full, they were caught filming the field, which I, is so stupid. For them to do and uh the patriots they're always caught up in spygate they're always caught up in some sort of scandal um like i remember when i was a kid and hearing about spygate i remember hearing about they were playing the giants the first time in the super bowl and they were caught film filming the giants practices and i was just like why would you do that like they're stupid and I I was thinking that back then and I still think it now I think that the Patriots are literally just I don't know what flows through their mind I don't really know um, it's it all starts up top with Robert Kraft and Robert Kraft had allegations put against him over the summer and he didn't look too good um, and then he had Antonio Brown in on his team and now he's a free agent and looking to be on the commissioner's exempt list and now like Patriots they would do anything to have in a wide receiver called Antonio Brown back on their team um, Antonio is definitely not coming back to the Patriots but they need that type of talent on their team and Patriots have to be desperate at this point to do something like that. And they must have some sort of knowledge that there's, well, obviously there's a blueprint to beat them, but I don't think the Bengals are going to beat them <laughs> using that blueprint. Um, more teams like the Texans, teams that more are in playoff contention right now, like the Titans, they would probably be able to beat the Patriots. Um, but the only team I see beating the Patriots in the next three games is the Bills, and that's it. Otherwise, um, they're going to be they're going to win their division, and they're going to win it soundly, and it's, there's going to be no issues with it. And Tom Brady, he's going to go down as a go. And now, I've heard a lot of speculation. Is this Tom Brady's last season as a Patriot is going to go to the Titans next year and and play for Mike Vab Vabrel, who was a middle linebacker for the Chiefs for 
for a year or two. Um, now, kind of, it's it would it's like it'd be like I feel like Michael Jordan going to the Wizards in a way. I just I don't understand why he would go unless he knows for a fact that the offense the offensive talent isn't getting any better <laughs> next year. I think that would be the only reason why he would leave. Um, giving him no weapons on the outside, not being able to give him weapons. And the he has he would have weapons if he were to go to um, Tennessee and play for them. I don't really see him going to Tennessee and playing for them, but I I think if he were to leave New England, that would be the place that he would go is uh, Tennessee. But at the same time, now you have Ryan Tannehill playing at this pretty good level. Would he be able to keep it going into next season? I don't think so, but I think it's a good story right now for the Titans that, hey, they have all they really need is a competent quarterback, and Marcus Mariota screwed that up, apparently, being the number two overall pick, thinking that he he would be the he he would be the future, and I would understand everything. Like I was, I loved Marcus Mariota when he was at Oregon. I loved it, and now he's playing like garbage in the NFL, and he can't translate his his college game over to the pro level. And I remember that comeback that he had against the Chiefs, and that's kind of the only last rememberable, rememberable thing that he's done in the league that I remember of. He hasn't had like he hasn't gone for like a four touchdown game or something. Not that I can recall. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been playing really well, and right now he's 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 their starting quarterback. So, um, yeah. So I've been. Going back to the NBA now, uh, what has been transpiring in the NBA? The Miami Heat and the and Carmelo Anthony have kind of like impressed me the most. Um, Miami, they had a comeback against the against the Hawks. They were down one seventeen to to one ten, and they came back to win the game. Um, and honestly, like. As a as a unit, I've they have shooters all around. Jimmy Butler is potentially the second best player in the East, and that's that's actually arguable. And it they are playing the lights out right now. Miami is they got shooters everywhere on that team. To Tyler Hero, to uh, Robinson. Um, Bam Adebayo, he's playing well. Um, that team has studs all around. I'm really impressed. It just it's good to know when Miami is is good again because they they are really good. They've they got they got ballers like they have ballers and like I said in previous podcasts, but Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley were just kind of meant to be. 
and it's like a match made in heaven because they're both like on like they both want to win so bad and they they have the formula right now to be competitive be in to be the team and they're second in the east right now they are 18 and 6 and you know i never would have thought that coming into this season but they are just they are competing every game night in and night out they are giving their all and on the carmel anthony side of things it he's playing great he's averaging like 15 points a game and 15 16 points a game i've seen him like have 20 point games and he just looks like his old self and He's really playing at a high level uh, offensively, and they, the Portland Trailblazers, they need that. And the and so they've got a, a powerful weapon offensively, and so there's also this one last thing. Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham, my man, coming from KU, which is where I actually go to college. Um, if you guys didn't know, um, his last game, he just had 40 points against Brooklyn. Dude dropped 40 on 12 of 21 shooting, 6 rebounds, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. The dude literally is unbelievable, man. Devontae Graham is second, he's second in the NBA and most three-pointers made. I find that quite interesting. And I'm still trying to comprehend how this guy is playing great, has has potential to be a stud in this league, and I'm wondering, where in the world is Frank Mason? <laughs> where is he? Because I feel like he's he's built for this. I've, I felt like he was built for the NBA, potential to be good in the NBA. I believe Frank Mason is on the Bucks, uh, playing for the Bucks. I don't think he gets much playing time, though. But, um, you know, it's good to see when former KU players um, are playing really well. And, honestly, it's it's great to watch. I'm, I'm loving watching Devontae because, you know, um, I create players on NBA. So, like, I would go back. Like, I play more NBA 2K13, 2K12, 2K11. I like the older games a little bit better. I just, that's just how I am. And that's what I play all the time. And now, I uh, I created Devontae. I put him, like, at a 82, 83 overall. I was, I was like, I'm not going to make him a 99, but I'll make him pretty good. And uh, I'm kind of... I'm kind of curious what uh, 2K is going to come out with his rating because um, that dude has been playing lights out. He is him and uh, Scary Terry, uh, Terry Rogier, and uh, if you didn't know who that is, um, they're Charlotte's two um, point guards right now, and uh, they are playing super well together out there on the court. Um, I I've seen highlights of Charlotte and them playing like have them both out there on the court playing together and they 
are getting steals. They're getting three-point shots made. I mean, they're giving the ball to each other. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, uh, Terry Rozier, he, he was coming in expecting to be the best player on the team. And, honestly, I think Devontae is challenging him for that spot. Um, but they, I, as long as, and Charlotte isn't doing that bad either. I believe they're like now 11 and 16, um, is there, might be the record, but, um, they're playing tremendous. I'm, I'm happy for Devontae. Um, he's getting his chance in his hometown to do really well and playing really well. And, you know, that I, enough I've loved that guy um I he actually came into Chick-fil-a one time and I was like I was starstruck I was like that's Devontae Graham and he and he saw and he's he kind of he was smirking and laughing and was like yeah yeah, that's me and uh I just I was bruh like I just saw Devontae Graham so um you know seeing in uh, college players at their best and then seeing them at the NBA level progressing it to the NBA level is just truly truly fun to watch and so thank you guys for listening to my podcast today um, it's been an honor um, thank you for joining us and peace out guys have a great one